0: Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. One of the first things you can do is go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, download, especially today, download today's message notes. You can also download the kids' activity sheet, and from our website, you can find out uh, all of the times for upcoming services, food ministry, those type of events. Well, my title today um, that we're looking at, in fact, it's a scary verse. It should be a very humbling verse. So that's my title, A Very Scary Verse. So we've been looking at for the last several weeks at the Sermon on the Mount. You can read it through Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. In fact, Jesus uh, starts out, we looked at a couple weeks ago, Jesus starts out with the word blessed. We actually looked at the last word that's listed in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi is the word curse. And yet Jesus comes out in the Sermon on the Mount, a teaching that he's sitting on the hillside, not only disciples, but also those that are coming. And he lets them know and he starts with the word blessed. But now, right towards the end of the Sermon of the Mount, he's going to shift to begin to talk about people that call him Lord. And so this is one of those very scary verses, one for all of us to pay attention. In fact, I'm going to do a two-part. We'll pick uh, pick some of this back up next week. But I want to read this verse to us. So listen to this, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does The will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and have done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Not Everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, we read these words. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? We would use that term as like, right, an oxymoron. Um, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? but you don't do the things that I say. So Jesus starts out that bit, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Not everyone who says. Very interesting. But he gives us that, it's those that do the will of my father. He wanted to make sure that everyone that heard him would be and are born again. Now remember, that couldn't you couldn't accept Jesus As your savior, we'll look at a verse in a minute out of Romans until he rose from the dead. Okay, till he rose from the dead. But he wanted to make sure that those that were listening back then and those that would be would remember it's not only calling him Lord, but it's doing the will of his father in heaven. People will use the word Lord as a title, but no real authority in their life. In fact, um, really in more of the American culture, we don't usually hear the word Lord. We hear it in like British culture because there are still Lords and Dukes. Yet one of the words that um, wouldn't even be the right translation was for, for most all of us, we have an authority over us. A We would call them a boss. Now, when I use the word boss, there were some that rolled their eyes. There were some that had high respect There were some that follow, uh, you can have great respect for those in authority, um, but that's not a good word as well, too. It's interesting that Jesus two times says, those that call me Lord, Lord. It's almost like they perceive that he is Lord in their life, and Jesus is going to want to drill down on this. Back when he uses that word, he says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say, you call me Lord, but you don't do anything that I say. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then we are obedient to what He says to do. You know, in the Gospels, um, the, that kind of that word "Lord" were first introduced to the phrase, the angel of the Lord. We actually see that in the Old Testament too. We'll read phrases, was spoken by the Lord. Then uh, John the Baptist, it will be used of him. In fact, it's a prophetic verse from Isaiah that he came to prepare the way of the Lord. And Jesus, in the midst of temptation for the 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness with Satan, we'll use the word um, Lord three times, okay? We'll use those words Lord. But Jesus, when we read this in the scriptures, in fact, we'll read it in the gospel, um, we call him Jesus, we call him Emmanuel, we call him Christ, we call him the word, we call him the lamb of God. In fact, in Hebrew, uh, it's Yeshua. In the Greek, it's uh like the like we would read um, Jesus like in the like the Spanish would require, but it's Jesus. Jesus would be referred to as a rabbi, as a teacher. He was referred to as a good teacher. he was referred to as the master and then he will be referred to as Lord. But why do you call me Lord Lord and you don't do the things I say? You know, Pew Research, um, that does really a lot of uh, spiritual research as well, they researched almost 6,500 Americans. And in that group were also what we would call evangelical Christians. This was right at the end of October of 21. One of the questions was asked about, do you believe in the afterlife, especially views of heaven hell, reincarnation, fate, prayer, and other, what we would call metaphysical matters. 73% of the Americans that were polled in this believe in a heaven, while 62% only believe in hell. One in the four surveyed, one in four Americans don't believe in heaven or hell. In fact, instead, 7% believe in a different kind of afterlife. Um, 17% did not believe in any afterlife, and only 7%, again, believed in some different kind. And some of those 17%, when they were asked about the afterlife, just believe that we cease to exist. But I want you to know that not everyone goes to heaven when they die. I I know we want to believe that everybody does, but the fact of the matter is not everyone who just thinks that they are going to heaven really is. Think of this. The most important area of a person's life, most people are going to be wrong concerning what they believe about salvation, And what they believe about heaven. Most people are going to be wrong. Good people just don't enter into heaven. Everyone has to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let me read this verse, Mark chapter 8. This is verse um, 27 and 28. Now, Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus, now, Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road, He asked his disciples, saying to them, who do men say that I am? Now, I always want to phrase it this way. Jesus wasn't having a day where he was concerned what people were thinking about him. Jesus never was concerned with what people thought about him. He was only concerned that he did the will of his father. So he wasn't having a rough afternoon. He had not been in the sun too long. He hadn't anything to eat. He wasn't wondering how many likes that he had on Facebook. Were people liking his posts on on Instagram? Who do people say that I am? Now, here's who people say that he was. So they answered John the Baptist, which at this time, John the Baptist had already been killed and beheaded. Some say Elijah and, and some, the other prophets. Some of the translations say Jeremiah. So some people thought, that he was John the Baptist, maybe risen from the dead, but John the Baptist had been dead. Some thought Elijah, which Elijah was taken up um, in a chariot of fire, a whirlwind. uh, Other translations say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So here's what we know, that even the people in that time when Jesus physically was walking amongst them, teaching and healing, doing miracles, feeding, were confused in who he was. And he was living right amongst them. And so Jesus will use that word, Lord. In fact, what's interesting, again, is we talked about, it's not a word that we typically use for anything, but it's a Greek word, kairos. And here's why why this is important to remember. Why the word Lord. Lord means he to whom a person or a thing belongs. He to whom a person Or a thing belongs, also about which he has power of deciding, a master or a lord. In fact, I I was thinking of um, an example to try to try to use it. Well, my one vehicle that I have the title in my hand, Um, it belongs to me and my wife. So I guess I could use the phrase that um, I'm lord over that, which is is. Is really not a good example, but kind of give you a picture. And I have the power to decide what I want to do with that vehicle because the title's in my name. I have the power to decide. Okay, now let's remove that example. Jesus being Lord would mean that I belong to him. If he's Lord of my life, I now belong to him. And he, I have, he has the power to decide my eternity. Well, it's been chosen because I accepted him as Lord and my Savior. I live my life by his will. So he's my master or my Lord. And we read this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. The Apostle Paul writes this, and these are the steps of accepting Jesus. Remember, he lived, he died on the cross, And he rose again. And now we read this that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice what it says. The heart believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, the Bible says when that happens, there's several things that that take place. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about how he now, when I confessed him as Lord, he made me alive. My spirit inside became alive. I've been transferred from death to life. Also, uh, simultaneously in heaven, somehow it was announced that uh, a sinner repented and all heaven rejoiced. We do read later on in the book of Revelations that your name then is written in the Lamb's book of life, confessing Jesus as Lord. But here's what I did now he's Lord. Now, my next step here on earth as I live is following after his will, his words. The very difficult thing that he asks to do, I follow his will because he's my Lord. He's the one I'm following. You know, it's interesting, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and um. He came running, and he knelt down before Jesus, and Jesus told him what to do, and the Bible says that he left sad. He could not do what Jesus did because he had great possessions. He couldn't give up those very things, but here's what's important when Jesus is Lord of my life is I'm following after his will. I remember this. In fact, that's why I want you to download the notes. You can look that he created all things out of Colossians. When Jesus used these odd words that unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you'll have no place in him. And he turned around and we know right then some of his brothers and sisters walked away and didn't follow him. He looked at his own disciples and he says, do you want to leave too? And Peter uses those words in John six sixty eight where he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I want you to remember that in the Gospels, in our Bibles, he has the words of eternal life. He died for my sin, paid the price for all of my sicknesses, diseases, and he rose from the dead. We also read in Matthew chapter 28, he has all authority. He has all authority. But here's what's most important that we need to remember. But according to Jesus, there are many that who there are many who will call him lord, but they do so not because they want to belong to him, but rather because to them it's just words without any truth or meaning. Lord, Lord. I didn't accept him as Savior. It's that phrase, Lord, Lord. And here's the most important thing. According to Jesus, people are going to call him Lord, but they truly do not belong to him. Do you call Jesus Lord? In fact, I actually wrote down a couple things. And if you believe that indeed he is your Savior, that he's risen from the dead, that he was given authority over all things by God, that is completely proper that you call him the Lord of your life. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, you need to be very clear in your mind what that means. You need to know why you call him Lord. You need to be willing to humble yourself and to conform to his will and to his ways. It needs really to be a statement of your daily faith in him. It's a declaration that you belong to him and you will live your life following after Jesus. You know, there's many hard sayings in the Bible, but he's your Lord. There's many difficult, there's trust things that you have to do, but he's your Lord. Do you call him Lord? Lord. Is he your savior? Do you believe all of those things? Then let it be clear that you are following his will. You know, in 2 Timothy, we read this, chapter two, verse 11 through 13. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Here's the most important thing. It's not lip service. It's really your heart. That your heart has confessed Jesus as Lord, that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he is coming back for you, or before he comes back for you, if you died, you would be with him in heaven, all of those promises. But here's how we live on earth. Not my will, but yours be done. In the most difficult things that the scripture tells us to do, we can do it, because Jesus is Lord of my life. I can do what he says to do and trust him because he's Lord of my life. I'm not gonna be the one that just says, Lord, Lord, and I don't do a thing that he says. He has become my Lord and my savior. You know, we think that um, just saying Jesus is Lord is a check off the box. It's not a check off. It's the beginning of a relationship. It's a beginning of a walk. It's a beginning of reading his word. It's conforming this life that wants to do what it wants to do, conforming it to his ways. That when I get out of alignment and it happens that I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, his teaching me to get me back on track. Living that daily in my life. He's my Lord conforming myself to his ways. And if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life or today, this is shaking you to make a decision to follow him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Pray this prayer with me. Believe it as we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived Died and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I'm in your family. Now, as I mentioned earlier, all joy in heaven if you confess Jesus as Lord and you repented of your sins. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But today starts him being Lord. He's deciding eternity because you uh, confessed and accepted, but now you're gonna live out what he wants you to do here on earth. Live and walk those things out according to his word, according to the gospels. In fact, and, and I thought of this too. The word of God or the gospel is our life blood. It's the gospel That empowers our lives as believers. It not only saves us into eternal life, but it is the power of God in us to turn us from sin and turn us to obey God. The love that God had for us in the life and the sacrificial death of his son Jesus is what drives our hearts and our minds to love him to follow him and to obey him. So let us not forget that as we sit under God's word, as we look into God's word, it's actually looking into us, and that God has given you the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth and to be our teacher to both understand and obey his words. Really, one of the hallmarks of the Christian life is that the laws of God, the gospel, it's not burdensome. Why? Because we are his people that delight in his words, his laws. David talked about that. He says, your laws are the meditation all of my days. You know, the only eternal thing, think about it. The only thing eternal is your life if you confess and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the only other eternal thing is the Word of God. In fact, we read in the Bible that it lasts forever. The grass will wither, the flower will fade, but the Word of God will last forever. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've confessed Him as Lord for the first time, or if you've returned your life to Him, tell somebody... Maybe there's been a coworker, a neighbor, a family member that has been talking to you. Would you get a hold of them even right now? Let them know what you did. Reach out to us either by our website or by the social media platform that you're watching. And these are the days to walk out and follow and allow Jesus to be that overseer of your life, that you've submitted your life to him. He's your ruler. We pray over you in Jesus' name. In our giving today, there's this interesting verse. In fact, we read this in a scenario of what God tells them to do, and it really talks about um, trusting God. We were just talking about that. Trusting in His words. Do you know, giving is one of those things that has been orchestrated by God in the Bible. Giving is also a way to show that you trust the God. We read this verse. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you you'll not need to fight. It's all about positioning yourself. Interesting, isn't it? Positioning yourself to stand still and see. It's exactly what giving does. Giving puts you in that position because you're following what God said to do. Positioning, trusting, sacrificing, believing that God will do what he says he'll do. So pray this prayer with me, if you would. As I give in today's offering, I have positioned myself to stand to see God move in my life. He is with me. And I will not be moved by any circumstance. And I will not give up. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Also in your giving, if you would like to partner with us as we get ready to prepare in just a few weeks for our Kids Vacation Bible School that is on campus, you can find more about it on our website. If you'd like to give towards that, we've already reached out and purchased all of the supplies. Our Va- Vacation Bible School is completely free to all of of the kids, but it is a very uh, expensive endeavor. If you'd like to partner with us to see kids reach, you can do so on our website. If you're uh, giving by mail, you can write to us. The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And if you need prayer, email us, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. Any time of the day, any time of the week, any time of the night, we want to be praying for you as well. Um, Go to our website, follow along. We have a a twice-a-month free food ministry. If you're in the area or if you know somebody in the area, reach out and let them know. Now, remember this, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Remember this, we're not gonna be people that just say, Lord, Lord, and not do the things that Jesus says. We're gonna follow him. He's our Lord. He's our master. He's our ruler. It's not my will, it's his will. In fact, he says this, that if you follow him, you'll not only have life, but you'll have life more abundantly. The Lord bless you. Have a great day and remember that Jesus is your Lord. Confess him as Lord, follow him as Lord.